Welcome to the Benakiba Connects podcast, a podcast exploring the challenges and transformational technology in the insurance industry. Join us as we talk about industry issues and the technology, tactics, and tools that will help your business become a beneficiary first company. We are on a mission to help our clients become customer centric in their approach to claims management with powerful processes, customer experiences, and technology. Now, here's your host, Ashley Oxholm. Good morning and welcome to the Benakiva Connects podcast. I am your host, Ashley Oxholm. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Kelly Eddy, who is the Chief Operating Officer for Life Companies and Wealth Management at Farm Bureau Financial Services. And she is here really close to our headquarters in Des Moines, Iowa. How are you doing today, Kelly? I'm doing marvelous, Ashley. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we'll just jump right in. And, and why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who, who you are, Kelly? Well, I, who I am, that's a loaded question, right? Because uh, we can go from business, we can go from personal, and ultimately your personal life makes up who you are. And I have been so fortunate to have, you know, a very supporting family growing up and now a supporting family, you know, in my marriage and giving me the freedom, I'll call it, to explore, you know, opportunities. And what I mean by opportunities, I tried to retire. I didn't have a plan. So everybody, when you're thinking about it, have a plan. So I got, I got bored and my husband said I was also very expensive. And so I needed to do something. And we were living in Denver. So if anybody knows, you know, Colorado and Denver, it's very, very expensive. I had this opportunity with Farm Bureau Financial Services. And it, I, I wish I would have known, you know, about this organization 40 years ago. It has been a phenomenal, I guess, entrance back into insurance after trying to retire. Iowa is phenomenal. I worry a little bit about the growth rate around here. I will just say that... I couldn't have asked for a better, you know, time in my life, right? That's wonderful. You know, I tell people about Iowa because I, I'm a transplant, transplant like you. I, I didn't grow up in Iowa, but I always tell people, like, I want to brag about how great Iowa is because it truly is. But at the same time, I'm like, please don't have a ton of people move here because we'll lose that and we'll start to have traffic, which at this point we don't really have. So I, I, I certainly understand that now. So let's talk about a little bit about why insurance. We ask all of our listeners, you know, how did you end up in insurance? No one intends to be in insurance, but we never leave once we get here. So, so what's your story, Kelly, on why you ended up in insurance? Well, you're right. I'm, I'm one of those. I'm in that bucket. And, you know, my path is probably a little different. I actually was like a CPA working for two small businesses. And one day I walked in and they wanted me to, you know, sign their tax returns. Well, the tax returns were fraudulent. And so oh, no. I said, I'm not signing that. And they said, well, there's the door. And I walked out the door. And so I ended up, you know, I'll call it moving to the big city. And the big city, and I'm very much an introvert, was Spokane, Washington. And there I walked the streets. I ended up becoming an agent, a life insurance agent. And then from there... My career led me into investor services. So I was a regional VP for investor services with Guardian. And okay. from there, I, you know, they were, so Guardian was, had, was, was 
bringing all of their operations back into New York and Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And so, you know, being from the, the Northwest, going East Coast wasn't, you know, was not in my, in my cup of tea at the time. I have much respect <laughs> for, the, for the East Coast these days. And so I ended up joining Voya Financial and spent 20, 23 years there. So that, that's how I got in insurance. That's why I've never left because the volatility of changes, the opportunities that insurance companies you know, provide, I've made my career just by watching and evolving and looking at the needs of a, of a company and, 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 and creating jobs. Absolutely. No, that's incredible. And and not unlike a lot of what we hear, you know, and my listeners have heard me say this before, but I started out in nonprofit. I wanted to run a nonprofit. I'm like, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to do good. And then I graduated college and I had student loans. And it turns out nonprofits don't really pay a lot. And so I was thrust into just getting a job that that I could pay off those student loans. And, and it was processing claims for a large insurance carrier who's now one of our clients. And I started off there. And what I took away from it is you can do good business, keep your integrity and morals, which is clearly a choice that you made when you walked away yeah. and went a different route. And that's always, by the way, for our listeners, that's always the better option. If you are ever pushed in a position and you are listening now and, and it's to take the path of integrity versus not, always take the path of integrity. It will always end out better for you and you'll have your character and but anyway, so I, I was I was processing claims and I was, I was helping people and I loved it. Now, on the flip side of that, for those who aren't familiar with Benakivo, we have a claims and servicing platform, that end-to-end solution. And it was desperately needed because I worked in the industry before anything like that existed. And so I, I really saw an opportunity. And then I moved a little bit out of the insurance industry, still within the financial services. And I, I went to graduate school back actually on the East Coast. After having graduated college in Colorado, I went, went to the East Coast and obtained my master's degree and worked for software companies. And then I had the opportunity to come back in both worlds as a software company working with insurance carriers. And I jumped at the opportunity for that reason. It's stable, it's consistent, and I'll be, I'll be, the future is always uncertain. But as a whole, I just really, I've truly enjoyed the industry and being able to still come alongside of people and help people. So I still get that, that nonprofit feel in the sense that I'm helping people and I'm coming alongside of them and I'm probably, I'm solve, problem solving, but I also, you know, just what the insurance industry brings to the table. So I truly enjoyed that. But let's talk a little bit about Farm Bureau. So Ashley, I want, to, I want to commend you on that because when you think about the industry as a whole and the disruptors, you really have chose, chosen the right field. You're in insurance, you're in technology, you're, you know, it's a SaaS model and, and, and that is, I'll call it the wave of, of the future and continues to be the wave of the future. So we'll talk more about that. Absolutely. And I, I'll bring up that just, we were talking with a carrier up in New England and they said they use that same word like your disruptor. Benakiva's disrupting how we do claims and servicing. And, and I love that. I was like, I'm going to take that and I'm going to use that. And, you know, what Brent, our founder and CEO, and for our listeners, you've heard him speak on other podcasts, what he and the team of co-founders has been able to create has truly been a necessity within the industry. Absolutely. And on the on the second side of that, I've just, I'm like genius and, and how he did that, you know, he found the problem 
and built the solution. And that's what you want. That's a disruptor. But you're right. We will talk about it in the future. I don't want to jump too far ahead because I want to talk about right now. I want to talk about Farm Bureau. Now, as a farm girl myself, born and raised on a farm, I have been around Farm Bureau my whole life. They popped up everywhere. But I want you to tell me a little bit about it and what sets Farm Bureau apart from the other insurance providers. Yeah. So, you know, I look back over my career and I, you know, for the majority of it, I was in an independent, you know, distribution insurance organization. And so when you think about that, there's a lot of disruption, by the way, going on in in the distribution world, too. (laughs) When we think about that, sometimes as an insurance carrier, it's around, you know, what you're as good as you are on your offer today, right? And then tomorrow, you you know, you may not you may not exist as a carrier to a, you know a, a, a independent distribution type model. With Farm Bureau, Farm Bureau Financial Services, we have an exclusive agency force. We are in you know we're not across the entire nation. Farm Bureau Financial Services is not. We have on the life side have a 15 state footprint. It's kind of rural America. That's that is the the meat of of Farm Bureau Financial Services, and it's really around you know, the hometown hero. So that Farm Bureau Financial Services agent is the hometown hero. And what I think sets us apart is, you know, providing that agent, you know, the solutions for their clients. So it, it's PNC coverage. It's, you know, it's commercial ag. It's, you know, wealth management solutions and it's life solutions, protecting life, overall protecting livelihoods and future. So I think Absolutely. when... Yeah. When you think about carriers, you know, I, I, there's typically about sticks where you can choose where you want to be. You can choose on price. You can choose on product. You can choose, you know, on reputation. And you said it. Farm Bureau is it does a really nice job in in campaign or the campaign of, of brand. Right. As yeah. well as as well as providing that holistic, I call it solutions for our agents, client members. Absolutely. And actually, I have a story about from Bureau that I'm going to share on here because I think it's just a testament to the character behind the organization. I'm my listeners already know this. They've heard this. I'm from Missouri. I grew up on a farm in rural southwest Missouri. And several years ago in the little town up the road from mine, there was a massive, a massive fire on the square. There was that an electric fire. It started. I mean, it just took out a whole chunk of the square, which, you know, in a small town of a thousand people, that's pretty big impact. You have volunteer fire departments coming from all different little towns. And on the side of it was there was a Farm Bureau office and right next to it was a competing insurance office. And the competing insurance office that upstairs was on fire because it was connected. And the Farm Bureau staff was out there pulling their stuff with them on the road, like onto the road, trying to get as much as their stuff they could get out before the fire consumed it. And, you know, we spoke about that. It was shared on social media. But I think that is just such a reflection of the type of people and the type of of agents that you have working for Farm Bureau and and what your reputation stands on as far as a carrier of just that community-based helping hand. And anyone who grew up in rural America, it's often forgotten. Right. Rural America is often forgotten. And we, we see that every time. I mean, you see that every time there's any kind of political campaign in the U.S. or an election, they're like, wait, what? And where are all these problems? I've never seen that. It's, it's in rural America. These are the battles and struggles that farmers face and rural America face. And so 
it's often a forgotten group of people and a wonderful group of people, salt of the earth people. And I think Farm Bureau really, you know, really tends to them specifically and brings awareness and understands the problems and challenges that farmers and rural Americans in general face. Right. I agree. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about looking ahead. What does the future hold for Farm Bureau? What do you see as the important next steps? And just what what do you think the insurance industry is looking at over the next five years? Oh, well, so I can say who knows and I'll be right. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, you know, and you look at it, you know, just, well, I'm going to, I'm going to step back and say, look at Benakiba, right? So, and that, that is, you know, a phenomenal success story. And you, you know, you look at Brent Williams and when you look at about the future, future is usually are established with experiences that have been created. And so, you know, Brent, experienced, you know, a, a, a death in one of his agent's families, right? And that's what, that's what drove, you know, this, the claims processing, the digital claims processing, you know, and helping others. The other thing I really, really like, and this is another, um, what companies need to do when we think about, you know, strategy or how we move forward, is that companies also must be willing to disrupt themselves to remain relevant. And so again, and when you look at Ben Akiva and the, the partnership with MRS or the you know, management research purposes, you, you're creating the disruption and you're reinventing yourself. And so with carriers, right, you know, insurance industry, life insurance industry has been kind of sluggish. Yeah. We're not fast movers, right? We're not fast movers. And so mm-hmm. even when we think about strategy and strategy, you know, used to be five to 10 and then strategy was three to five. Okay. Three to five years is, is still too long right now because you've got the disruption of technology. You have the disruption and the ability, you know, for like, you know, low code, no code or the SaaS models to come in and completely disrupt and quickly, right, and quickly be able to change around the needs of the up and coming, you know, consumer because that consumer really isn't going to be the baby boomer. That baby boomer is really going to have that transfer of wealth into, you know, into the millennials and the Gen Xers. So, you know, what, what do, you know, how do those, you know, individuals operate? Well, they like digital, right? They, they like quick, fast, easy. You know, you look at how, how they operate, then, then we've got to adapt and adjust. And the only way that we can do that is leaning in, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable, and changing how we think, because, you know, we've got to look at our employee coming up, the, the, the new ones that are coming out of college or the interns that are coming in and start to have, like, I call, I, I call them my, my mentors, how they yep. think, how they operate, because that is our customer, you know, now and, and in the future. It is. We've heard, you know, statements from other other carriers that are saying, you know, I'm having people ask me, how is it I can order a book or any product in the world and get it within 48 hours? But it's taking 90 days to pay out a life insurance claim. And we're like, enter in Benakiva. Like, this is, this is the, 
problem that we went to solve. You know, let's, let's integrate, automate, and elevate this entire experience. And I, I absolutely agree with you, Kelly. Even outside of, you know, being with Benakiva, this is just industry, although slow to move, is filled with people who are, are striving to help and solve problems. And technology is really that piece for them. Like technology is going to bridge that gap and gap and push that growth. You know, we, we get a lot of people who are like, okay, well, yes, we understand that, you know, everyone gets it, but we could build out and, and do this and that. And I'm always like, partner, partner, partner. Yep. You do what you do best, which is insurance. Let other people do what they do best, which is technology and software. I think if I were to say anything to the insurance industry, especially over the next five years as we go through bumpy and turbulent times, which kind of seems like the status quo at this point of life, but partner, you know, trust and, and don't have everything internal, but but utilize the people around you. So so Farm Bureau is going to continue to focus on what they do best, bringing those financial services to rural America and partner with other organizations that do what they do best. So let's kind of, you know, what can carriers do to maintain a, a higher standard of customer service? Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're so right about the insurance industry, right? It's no longer predictable. And when you think about, and I'm going to, I'm going to step back because I think customers are not only our end, end consumers of product or our solutions. I believe that carriers also need to look at customers as their employee base. Because when you think about our employees and, and how millennials, right? So millennials come in and they want to move in their career. I mean, they're used to quick, fast pace and, hey, wait a minute, you know, when am I going to get promoted? What, what's in it for me? And so I think carriers or employers really need to start to say, what is the value proposition we're offering our employees? And I'll, I'll, I'll turn to robotics. Robotics are, you know, taking that mindless task, you know, out, out of, of an employee doing it and really providing the employee something that can help them understand insurance, help them understand how their career, that career progression within the organization and, you know, getting rid of the mundane, you know, processes really, really help. And we still have to ask ourselves, right, to, you know, typically when you look at the consumer and you look at the agent, we typically look from an inside out versus an outside in. And we've got to start, you know, putting ourselves on the outside view to, to really understand how it, things have changed. COVID was the best thing that ever happened for insurance companies. You know, digital, you know, digital ideation and all of that was probably down on the fifth, you know, I don't know, of priorities. And it quickly, you know, ramped up to one. Yeah, Carrier, yeah, carriers weren't investing in technology. Now carriers are really investing in technology which is a really, really awesome thing to think about because if we're not investing in that streamlined process, right? Exactly what you said. How come I can get a book within 48 hours, but I can't, I can't seem to get my insurance. And if you think about a consumer going through insurance, 45 days, you know, it's like, okay, there's something wrong with me. Your level of anxiety, you know, just ramps up. And that's just mm -hmm. getting insurance. Now imagine when someone passes away in your family and there is no money, right? There is no money and it's timed up for whatever, you know, three months. Well, wait a minute. How do I get, how do I get my relatives, you know, you know, 
to the service. How, how do I pay for the funeral? And really looking at technology and how do we best utilize that technology? Because if you think about the experience of the consumer and the experience of the beneficiary, they become your customer because they yes. really appreciate you protecting their livelihood and future yes. going forward. Absolutely. No, that is an excellent, excellent way of looking at it. And I think the industry wide needs to look at it that way. You know, as awful as COVID was for an, our nation, for preventative, it actually spurred us through growth because we offer the ability to, to process claims anytime, anywhere from any device. So that pushed us, you know, no forward to, to give out that opportunity. But I think it did bring awareness just to the industry as a whole of like, oh, we have to make changes. We are going to be forced to make these changes. And obviously, you don't want a pandemic to be what forces you to do those. So on the one hand, I'm like, great, we're moving forward. You know, we still wrestle with that. Oh, but we can do that better, you know, internally, or we could build that out, or we need five to 10 years. I'm like, in five to 10 years, whatever you built is done. Right. It's done. And you have spent 10 times as much, and you've hired people to maintain it. It just turned into a legacy system in two years. Trust me, that's not the option. Right. And so getting insurance carriers to really understand that not only do you have to utilize technology, but no longer can this run on five and 10 year plans. Like this is our 10 year roadmap to getting there. And I'm like, oh my goodness, by the time you're there, you're going to have to start all over because you're already behind. Well, and uh, to your point about carriers, right? So carriers, I mean, you know, we've gotten away, traditional carriers, excuse me, have gotten away, you know, with a, I'll call it a, a, more of a pleasure approach, right? But today, I mean, we've got entrance, you know, like private equity firms, you know, asset managers, we've got, we've got, you know, digital solutions, you know, consumer, you know, buying versus, you know, sitting back and, and still having this approach. And we're going to become obsolete. We've got to be able to lean in, be disruptive. I said it earlier, right? We've got to disrupt ourselves to continue to remain, remain relevant. And in order to do that, we've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Absolutely. I, I recently went through the process of, of getting life insurance with a larger carrier and they had a form and they sent me the form and they were like, excuse me, they're like, sign this and send it back to me. I'm like, I don't have a printer. Right. It took me three weeks to go to the library. Remember to go to the library, print it out, sign it, take a picture, upload it and send it back to them. And I'm like, I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm a straight up millennial born in 1987. I'm like, I don't even understand the process of doing it that way. And so you will, you will grow to be obsolete because at the end of the day, your, your customers are, ex, are expecting that level of, of just experience that, it, that customer service experience. So what would you say to listeners out there who are listening to our podcast, whether they're working for carriers or whether they're individuals or, or what, but what would you tell them? What would your, let's just say opportunity for growth be to them? That's a, that's a better way than saying advice, right? <laughs> yeah. I always say, you know, the future isn't here, but let's create it. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. I'm going to have to use that later, Kelly. <laughs> the, the, well, and it gives us the opportunity to think, to, I think it's, you know, give yourself or, you know, give, I give myself time to sit back and reflect about, you know, how are we going to change this industry? Yes, it's highly regulated. My favorite saying is when, when there are barriers, they're there for a reason. 
and it's mm-hmm. to make you think differently. And, and sometimes we just keep hitting that saying brick wall and brick wall. Well, the brick wall is nothing. So how are we going to think differently? How are we going to lean in differently? And I, you know, my analogy sometimes I use here is, you know, if you were going to grandma's house and the bridge was washed out, you're going to sit there till the bridge got fixed. You know, you're always going to find a different way around it. Absolutely. And, yeah. And I do think that for employees, right, is to lean in uh, and we've got to commit. And, mm-hmm. and committing is not waffling. Committing is committing. And, uh, embrace, embrace the future and create it. Absolutely. No, I love that. For our listeners, I would definitely second Kelly on that, that words of wisdom and those advice. You know, so often in the industry, I just see people sit on the fence of like, but if I do this and it goes wrong, I'm going to lose my job. And I'm going to like, but if you do this, don't do this at all. You're not going to have a job or an industry to work in. Take those chances, obviously work with trusted partners, you know, build out, keep doing what you do best, which is insurance and financial services and partner and and let the people who do what they do best do it. But well, I think one thing about that writing the fence, right? So, you know, there's these studies out there and I, and I always think about like Folgers, right? So Folgers Coffee, you know, they had the marketplace. They didn't have to do anything differently. Well, Starbucks came along. Yeah. And so... Literally, their market share went way down. And so if we're unwilling to change, if we're unwilling to lean in or, or think differently, we may be up. Absolutely. There's always, and I've said this, I think in every podcast, but I'm really trying to get a point across here. Your competitors are looking at doing it differently. If you don't think they are, trust me, I talk to them. They are. They're looking at different options. And so to stay relevant, you have to make those changes. You know, it's an absolute necessity. Commit. Yes, commit. Just commit. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. And for all of our listeners, head over to the Benakiva Connects podcast to see our full list of podcasts and the wonderful people that we have interviewed and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us this week on the Benakiva Connects podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.benakivaconnects.com slash podcast, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you liked this show, you might want to check out a demo of our software. Simply go to www.benakiva.com and click request a demo. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode where we will continue setting the digital foundation for end-to-end claims and servicing transformation.